consequences, right? And I don't know about you, but I'm just a little bit glad when I see somebody go through uh, a whole stack of consequences that um, maybe they deserved at the end of the day. So I wonder if you've ever gone through that sort of experience where you've seen that pride, arrogant sort of a guy going through a whole stack of consequences. We've got some uh, pictures that we're going to just display. We got them up on the screen or where are we at with that? There we go. Um, Today we're not talking so much about consequences, we're talking about grace. When you get something that you ultimately um, don't deserve, when somebody gives a gift to you. I've got my own story of consequences with a little bit of grace involved. I was about, I was thinking about it maybe about 25 years old or or the like and I remember I was an IT guy at the Mater Hospital and we had this department head that was very serious and very right all the time and everyone feared her a little bit and she got me down to work on her database that she'd been putting data into for the last 15 years which is no problem that was my job so into the room I went shut the door and started working away on this database until I got to this uh, point where I still remember it and I don't really remember why I did it but I was in the back end part of the database in the file part and I hit the delete key at the wrong moment and in that moment 15 years of data just disappeared before my eyes now this is 15 20 years ago when recovery wasn't as easy I I madly started looking for how to pull this thing back and nothing would work and I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where you feel the waves of panic starting to roll up on you has anybody ever been in that situation where you are just going I'll take anything right now but the situation I'm in I remember looking at a window that was right next to me And I honestly remember thinking if I could open that window, it was sealed shut. If I could open that window, I'd go, I'd jump through that window right now. I I grant we were on the first floor, so it wouldn't have been far to fall, but I would have run anywhere. And we got a picture which pretty much sums me up at that moment. I was absolutely stressed out to my, you know, the core of my being. I was getting knocks on the door from staff that were on the database outside going the database doesn't seem to be working and I was just sort of going yeah it's fine don't worry about it no problem can you just shut the door for a minute and waves of panic and I think I remember thinking my my life is gone my job is gone how am I going to tell this lady I've lost a data I tried everything and then I suddenly got this thought again this is a long time ago this concept of backups was new and so I rang that, the central IT number and I remember talking to the guy and saying, listen, any, uh, any chance that uh, you guys did a backup of this certain file? And this guy on the other end, yeah, I don't know, mate, I'll, I'll go and have a look. It could be off-site somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look and, and see. I'll get back to you in about an hour. Okay, cool. So I you know, put the phone down. I'm sweating, waiting. About an hour later, the phone rings and I'm waiting. They're, they're knocking on the door more. The phone ring, hey man, I found that file for you, I'm going to restore it, everything's going to go back to normal. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, great, no big deal to me, but that'd be great if you could do that, hang up the phone. The file comes back, I'm like so, like so relieved in that moment. And to be honest, that is a picture of grace, right? I had consequences that were coming, I was totally foolish, I totally did a dumb thing, but grace 
came on me in the form of some IT guy who I never met. And, uh, and he gave me a gift, something I didn't deserve. That is what we're talking about today. That is the gift of grace. The gift of grace is getting something that we ultimately don't deserve. Another way of putting it is that we don't get something that we do deserve. This is what grace does. Grace is the most incredible gift and it's given to us at Christmas time. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But we learn something else from Lewis. In Lewis, certainly the Lewis before he received the gift, we see a guy that doesn't understand grace in his life, that hasn't allowed the, the beautiful gift of grace to touch him. The store clerk, Elizabeth, understood it. But Lewis doesn't understand what grace is. For Lewis, it looks like a religious sort of a spirit. For Lewis, it looks like having to be right at all times. That's what religiosity does. Uh, that's what uh, religion is. Religion is lining up all of the laws and regulations in your life and saying this is how things are supposed to be. Now, for, for Lewis, it was all about happy holidays versus Merry Christmas, right? Now, I'm not going to get into that argument right now. My, my personal view is he's right. Merry Christmas is the way to go. But religious people say, you have to believe what I believe. Otherwise, you're messing with my worldview because religion is all about laws. It's all about regulations. It's all about rules. And if you get even close to messing with that, then you're messing with who I am. That's what religion is all about. And at the end of the day, religion winds people up. Religion makes people tense. Religion makes people say, there's a way I'm right and you're wrong. And it spills itself out into all sorts of ways. And to be honest, in this world at the moment, we're seeing the effects of what religion does. But I'll pick one example that's a little bit closer to home. Uh, this is a bad example of what religion can do when it gets inside of somebody and twist them up to the point of spewing hate and vitriol and bitterness at other people. This is what religion does. Have you received the gift of grace this Christmas? Have you allowed grace to touch your heart? Have you allowed grace to change you? See, grace is something different. Grace touches us inside out. Grace changes us from the inside out the apostle paul when he was talking to the ephesians said it like this in ephesians 2 8 to 9 he says for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is a gift of god not by works so that no man could boast this is what grace is it's given to us it changes us it works on us but have you received your grace this Christmas? See, if you haven't received your grace, what happens is you can be a bit like Lewis and be caught up in that body cast. And you can be somebody this Christmas that's carrying around their own set of religious ideals. And, and the body cast that's on Lewis affected him physically, but a body cast that comes from religion touches us and deep inside our soul it affects our emotions it affects our spiritual well-being it affects us physically when you're living by a set of rules and regulations and nobody can get close to that what set of 
religious rules are you living by? I wonder this Christmas because some people would say, you know, I'm not, I don't follow religious rules. I'm not into that stuff that, you know, you guys are into. Now, truth is you may not write down on the census a certain religion. But here's what I believe. I believe every single one of us is in some manner living by a set of rules by living by a set of regulations that we're living our life by. One way or the other. It might not be on the census form, but that's what we're doing. For some of us, it's, I'm going to sort of be the best individual that I can be. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make as much money. I'm going to prove to myself that I'm of value by climbing a corporate ladder. For some of us, it's health and fitness. It's saying, I'm going to be the healthiest, most fit person on the face of the planet, that's where I'm putting my life into. For some of us, it's our children, to be honest. I live for my children. My world revolves around my children. Don't you mess with me and my children and me giving them the best life that they're meant to have. Now, you can see none of these things are particularly wrong. But they are our religion. They are, they are our body cast. They are what causes us to get bound up. For many, it's just that I'm going to be a true blue Aussie. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be fair, I'm going to pay my taxes, I'm going to live a good life and that'll be enough for me. It's interesting, uh, I had a friend and we'd often have conversations about faith and religion and I remember him actually more than one occasion sitting down with me and saying, Carl, if I were God, he said, I'm not into your religion, but he said this, if I were God and I was up there watching everybody, here's how I would do it. I just kill people. That's what he said. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone like this. It was a little bit scary. But I just, I just kill people. That's what I do. If they messed it up, if they got it wrong, I don't know why he doesn't do it. I just kill them. And we, we'd solve all the problems on this earth in a minute. And I remember sort of backing away a little bit. Because here's the problem. He's living by a set of rules, right? He's, he's living by a set of regulations of, of how we're supposed to live. Now, he doesn't call it a religion, but he's living by a religion. He's living by a set of rules. And what that does is it puts us in a body cast. Are you in a body cast this Christmas? Are you messed up? Are you tight? Are you angry at the world because the world isn't seeing things the way you see them? See, grace changes us. For a start, grace removes the body cast. Grace gives us freedom. This weekend at Catalyst, we've seen people operating in grace, serving at Christmas dinners for people just in a, a spot of trouble in their life at the moment, at the cap dinner, opening up this venue to our community. We've had markets, but grace goes far beyond that. It's people paying out of their own pocket to go to other countries and help the poor and the marginalized. Grace is sitting by somebody's bedside when they're sick or even worse, when they're dying and pouring out your life for them. But grace is simple. Grace is forgiving. Grace is making a telephone conversation and saying I'm sorry or listening to the other person when you don't particularly feel like doing it. That's grace. Grace changes us. Grace touches us deep within our soul. So how do we get a hold of that grace this Christmas? That's the question we're all asking I'll tell you how we don't get it again. It's not through our religion. It's not through our 
acts. It's not through our works. It's not through our goodness. All of the things that we're aiming at, I'm telling you, will ultimately let you down. That's the truth. You can climb the corporate ladder and that might work for you for a while. You can be excellent. You can have the money. But one day, <clears throat> those things will spit you out. I, I'm with interest at the moment watching Rupert Murdoch, if you know that name. He's an old guy. And for, for my perspective, that's a guy that's holding on to his whole identity is about being the king of the corporate world. But that world, that corporation wants to spit him out because his time has come. If you're into health and fitness, one of these days, health will catch up with you. Old age will catch up with you. Sickness or disease and it's gone. If you're into your children, your children will let you down. Every single one of these things that we put on a pedestal and say that's how I'm going to live my life ultimately they let us down they don't save us as that scripture in Ephesians was talking about and beyond that I believe every single one of us is trying to work our way I honestly believe this deep down whether we acknowledge it or not work our way back to a king that is good that loves us to a God that wants to receive us back and we're trying through every which way known to man to work our way back but we can't get there through works but what does that scripture in Ephesians tell us it tells us we get there through faith see the gift is grace but we get there through faith now as I wrap up now I want to talk about somebody that taught us a lot about faith and it was a guy by the name of Abraham the Bible says that Abraham was justified by faith. He, he, it says he was made righteous because of his faith. What does that mean? It simply means he was made right with God because of his faith. Don't think for a minute Abraham was particularly special or particularly good or particularly had some sort of supernatural power. What Abraham could do was exercise faith. The whole of Romans 4 basically kicks off telling us that Abraham worked it out that it was never gonna be by his effort by his work and Romans 4 goes on and tells us that Abraham in fact was the father of faith now if he's a father of faith we can learn something from Abraham about how he discovered faith because remember faith is how we receive the gift of grace so what do we learn from him we learn this at the beginning we learn that God gave Abraham a promise see I think God showed us in Abraham how we pick up the gift of grace because he gave him a promise he said Abraham you're going to have children you're going to have many children you're going to be the father of many nations and it's all going to come because of these children now what do we learn from these little kids apart from this little baby being maybe the cutest baby that I could find on the internet <laughs> we find something interesting we find that Abraham was given this promise when he was an old man I've actually got a picture of Abraham here it might give you a bit of a, an idea of um, the quandary that Abraham was in because he looked at his own body and he said how am I going to produce children <laughs> apparently a picture of Abraham they found somewhere now it's an interesting thing that God gives Abraham a promise that he's going to produce children when Abraham's looking at his own body and saying how is that going to be possible and to take it further 
God takes him on a journey of discovering this word, faith. Because God knows that there is no other way that you're going to pick up the gift of grace except through faith. This is the one non-negotiable that God's got for us as people. He says it's by faith or by nothing else. So he takes Abraham through a journey. Again, Abraham's already old. Abraham already's understanding how old he is. And I've also got a picture of Sarah, his wife. She's also old. And she also isn't able to produce children. And so we see a journey begin. In Genesis 12, Abraham gets the promise from God. And obviously in that moment, Abraham thinks, great, it'll come quick. This will be no problem. Just have to, I don't know, stay in relationship with God. And then a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 15, we see Abraham starting to scratch his head and say, God, I'm an old man. My wife's not getting any younger. What's going on? And you actually start to pick up a picture that he starts shaking his fist at God and saying, God, where are you in this? You gave me a promise. You said that you would give me a grace gift. You said you would bless me and I haven't seen that yet. And why does God make him wait? A few chapters later, Abraham's still at it. I mean, he's, he's on his journey of faith. We see that in the scripture, but he's still at it trying to work it out. We see that he's trying his natural means. He's shaking his fist at God. We even see him actually have relationship with a, a servant girl to try and bring about the promise of God, the gift of grace. But of course, none of these things work until Abraham really gets it and Romans chapter 4 gives us a picture of what happens in Abraham's life Romans 4 verse 18 to 19 against all hope Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it has been said to him so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was also about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised I think this journey of faith that Abraham had speaks to us here today about how we receive the gift of grace. What did Abraham do? Abraham did everything he could in his strength to be a good enough person to receive the gift of grace, to make it happen in his own strength. But faith begins to well up in his heart and he comes to a point where he says, I'm dead. I've got nothing. I'm utterly incapable of being good enough before God to make life come from me. And Abraham's story speaks to us today. Remember, he's the father of faith. Ephesians 2 verses 1 tells us that we too are dead. We're the same as Abraham. We too are utterly incapable of producing life. But we too like Abraham, have a gift of grace on offer to us. 
But we too, like Abraham, have been trying everything in our power to grab a hold of that gift of grace. And I want to tell you today what the key to raising up faith is in your life, at least one of the keys. It's this, weakness. It's this, desperation. Or maybe to put it a little bit further, an utter, utter revelation of your incapability to ever sort yourself out. What an incredible revelation that we can get from this man, Abraham, that speaks to us here today. And I'd ask this question this Christmas. How many of you have been trying so hard to grab a hold of the gift of grace, not realizing it, that it comes when you are at the end of yourself, not realizing that you don't have to do a thing to grab a hold of grace in your life? How many of you have been coming to church and reading your Bible and working so hard to grab a hold of the gift of grace when Jesus would say to you, I don't want you to work hard. I want you to understand that you're dead. I want you to understand that you need to be at the end of yourself. I want you to see that you don't have one chance of producing life. How many of you come even to church, perhaps this is your first time or your fifth time this year, thinking I'll get a bit more goodness back into me? And the real revelation that you need to have is that there is nothing more you can do. There never was anything you can do. Like Abraham, you have to count yourself dead and by faith believe that Jesus is good enough. And see, this is when Abraham received the promise. This is when Abraham held that life in his hands as he said, Jesus I believe it was a representation of Jesus. Jesus, you're good enough. And for us here today, we receive the gift of grace. See, today, the gift of grace comes in the person of Jesus. There's a beautiful beginning in that scripture in Romans. It says, against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed. What does that mean? I believe he ultimately believed in the gift of grace, which is... Christ given to us in hope he believed see Jesus came Jesus overcomes our striving he overcomes our trying he overcomes our religions Jesus says I know that you're dead I know that you have no ability to produce but I've taken sin on myself and I exchange it and give you my righteousness my holiness my perfection I give that to you but it's a gift if only you'd stop striving if only you'd stop trying so here's my prayer for us this Christmas and it'll be a might sound like a strange one I pray for weakness this Christmas I pray that we come to the end of ourselves I pray that perhaps today for the first time some people are saying I understand grace and I understand my need to have faith that only Jesus can do what I couldn't do he saves us into a relationship with God and you know what it's more than that he gives us relationship with him he reconciles us we'll be talking about that next week we're adopted as children of his 
He takes us out of the body cast. He lets us have relationship with each other. That is what grace does. He calls us to a better way. That is what grace does. But it all begins with the gift of faith. Will you have faith this Christmas? Will you realize a desperation for God that we are all in the same boat? There's not one of us here more holy or worse off than the other. We're made equal as we have faith in the grace of the gift of Jesus. We're going to share communion now, and communion really represents everything I've been talking about. It, the, the cup represents the broken, the, the bloodshed of Jesus, the, the bread represents...